Hey there, and welcome to Echo City Church's podcast. Our mission is to echo the heart of God to those far from Him so that you can find your purpose and your belonging. So let's get into the word here from our new sermon series, Campfire Stories. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I want to spend probably about the next, I, I would say I'm looking at this, next 25 minutes. It's all we're going to spend together, 25 minutes, and we're going to talk about an incredible series, this kind of these 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 kind of group we group these kind of messages together and we're going to be talking about a, this series that we're in right now is campfire stories come on I, I don't know about you but did you have you been liking the campfire stories this man i love isn't, isn't these guys good i got an amen corner today you know why because i was like i'm nervous to speak in front of a stinking like thing here i don't even know what to say a camera you know because why let me let me just tell you why i i, I know this is all new for every single one of us And uh, I want to tell you today, some of the greatest stories in your life come outside of the greatest risk you'll ever take. And sometimes we have to step up into places that we don't want to go. And we have to walk in places. And so today, if you are... um, Entitling. If you're if you're a note taker, which I know this, uh, God loves. He says ninety percent of the people who take notes go to heaven. No, nah, I'm joking. That's not real. But I, I will say this. My my sermon title today is this, and I'm gonna show it to you on the screen. It's called the biggest risk. The biggest risk. I want to talk to you today about the biggest risk. You see, this series, the campfire series, is this one thing. It's about the idea of that all the coolest stories are told around campfires. I mean, you, you've told about your biggest fish, right? The, it was this big, but it came this big. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, like, it's all the greatest kind of, like, things, right? It's, your, your campfire has the coolest stories. You see, and I, I kind of want to share with you about a man. A man and his story. You see, this man was named James. He's in the Bible. And James, he, he I got to let you know, he said this, and this is in James chapter 1, verses 1. And you can look it up later. He says, I am a servant of Jesus. I'm a servant of Jesus. And I'm going to call him Lord. Now, that may not seem like a lot to you, but that was a lot to James. Let me tell you, if you're an unbeliever today, and you don't believe in this thing, and you're just kind of clicking on, and you're like, what is this all about? I'm going to tell you, this is the biggest evidence that Jesus is actually God. Let me tell you why. Because James was the half-brother of Jesus. And if he's going to believe, <laughs> you better know, then he, there's something real going on there. Listen, I'm never, and if my brother's watching online, I will never call you Lord. <laughs> Ever. I'm never going to call you Lord. You know why? Because you're my brother. And I'll tell you what, James looked, and he said, not only is he my Lord, but he's my, I'm a servant of my brother. Because why? And I, I've always asked Why? Because of one thing that no other God has, the resurrection. A lot, of, a lot of people say this to me. They say, why do you believe in the resurrection? Is it because the Bible tells you so? No, 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 no. I believe in the resurrection because people like James say it is real. I believe in the resurrection because, man, the resurrection changed, changed James' life. Amen? 
And that resurrection, let me just tell you, it's crazy because even in John 7, 5, it says this. It says that, that this brothers didn't believe in Jesus, and it was only until the resurrection. And see, this is what I want to tell you today. God has a resurrection story for you. He has a resurrection story. You see, your story is a cool story, but it's, but when you put God in your story, it becomes great. It becomes wonderful. It becomes wonder, and it becomes part. Man, listen, my story was great before God, but it became better because of Him. Come on, somebody, can you give me an amen today on that one? So. So some of you, man, you're like, man, the biggest risk I could ever take is to actually follow God, is actually go after God. And I get that. And listen, this message today is, is, is great. And I know that I believe at the end you're going to say, man, I want to get closer to God. But this message is going to go out to, let's be real, the Christians in the room. You see, James, when he was writing this book, he was writing to a bunch of Christians. A bunch of Christians that were scattered. A bunch of Christians that did not want to meet in one place because of fear of persecution and obstacles. Kind of sounds like today. Kind of sounds like what's going on. Kind of sounds like we can't meet in big, large areas. All we can meet in is small houses. Hey, can I tell you, it was actually that moment, that, uh, that great obstacle that was in front of the church that became the moment of the greatest opportunity. And now we are here today doing church because the church said, man, there is an obstacle in front of it. Can I say this today? Church... Right now, it feels like the greatest obstacle in the room, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the greatest advice I can ever give you. Take the biggest risk, and let's go do something. Let's go do something. You see, um, my family and I, we, we like to sit around kind of a, a table. And in that table, what we do is uh, we, we take one person, uh, don't we, Noel? We take one person, and in that one person, we ask them one question per day. So basically, we all sit at the dinner table. We eat right here. We eat, and we sit there, and we're talking, and we get one person. We ask them a bunch of questions, like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> what do you like to eat? What is your most embarrassing moment? You know, we say all these things. But then I, I, then, so we go around and it starts with my wife and then it goes to, like, if we're asking Noel the question, then it goes to Kira, then it goes to Elijah, and then it comes to me. You know what my kids say? Is this true or what? You know what my kid, I'm losing mic here. Uh, am I on still? Check, check, check. Okay. My, my kids always say this. Once it gets to me, you know what they tell me? They say this. Oh no. True or false? They're like, oh, great. Here's dad. Here's dad. Here's dad. He's going to ask, because I always ask this one question. What's your earliest memory? And it's funny, because we go around, and you know what's crazy? Every single one of those memories involve risk. Because all the coolest stories are because of action. All the coolest stories is because of action. And this is what's crazy. Here, check this out. I went around. I asked my daughter, Noelle. I said, Noelle, what is your earliest memory? You know what she said? When I went to kindergarten for the very first time and I was scared. And then I went over to my other daughter, Kira. I said, Kira, what's your earliest memory? You know what she said? She said this. 
She goes, it's when I had to jump from the top of my crib down to see Elijah in the bed. <laughs> I was like, right? Was that it? And then I asked my boy Elijah back here, isn't it cool I got my kids on here today with me? Um, I, asked, I, asked my, I asked my son, I said, what's yours? And my son said, it was a time where I had to go to the hospital. And it was a time where they had to draw blood out of my arm. It was a time where I didn't believe, I didn't know if we were going to make it out of there, Dad. Isn't that what it was? And I, and I said, and, and I know it's cool, look who's sitting next to me today. Man, God healed his body. You see, I want you to know some of the greatest things in your life, some of the greatest things in your life are going to be on the other side of risk. Come on, Joel. But I wonder, what is the biggest risk in your life? Maybe the biggest risk in your life is not actually doing something. Maybe the biggest risk that you'd ever take in your life is actually the inactivity in your heart. Look what James says. This is in James chapter 1, verse 19. He says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, talking to Christians. He's talking to people that were scared for their life. Talking to people that, man, there was a lot of fear going on in the room. He said, I want to talk to you a little bit. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Can I just say this today? When things are going crazy around us, don't be quick to go into anger. Be Be the love out there, friends. Like, don't cut somebody off and steal somebody else's toilet paper. Let's be real. Be, be the love out there. Be the love out there. And it says, do not be quick to anger. And then it says this. This is where it gets cool. It says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampart wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. This is what's crazy. This is what's nuts, and I want you to hear me today. He looks at you today and says, man, I want you to realize it's the word of God that's going to save your souls. It's going to be the word of God. He says all this other stuff, all this other stuff that we implant in our souls is not going to heal our lives. It's actually the word of God. And he says this. Oh, this is where I get excited. He says, but I want you to hear me. Man, if there's a but in the Bible, it's, it's good. It's a good but. He says this, but be doers of the word and not just hearers only. Because hearers only deceive themselves. Woo! Ah, that's a little hard. No, this is, that's a little difficult. Because how many guys know that if you're an unbeliever today, see, our church wants to reach out to the unchurched. Our church wants to reach out to the de-churched. And we want to reach out to the church. But I believe a lot of the times unbelievers don't believe Christianity because of believers. Because believers are good at talking the talk but never walking the walk. Believers are good at saying they believe they know all the Bible but don't know how to walk it out. Come walk it out, y'all. Walk it out. I'm telling you, we got to learn something today. That, yeah, just because we talk, we got to not just be able to talk. We are not just hearers. We're not just ears. We are a full body. And the full body has to move, especially now. Especially now. Because this is the thing. Hear me. Hear me today. This world needs us now more than ever. Now more than ever. And can I tell you something? You're Superman to this world. It's a little weird, right? You're like, 
or my wife's in the corner going, and woman, say woman. Yeah, you're either Superman or Superwoman in the room, right? Come on. Like, that's who we're supposed to be. You see, there's a lot of similarities between Superman and Christians. Let me help you out. Listen, Superman was not of this world. And we are not of this world. Superman, come on, got his powers from the S-U-N. We get our powers from the S-O-N. Come on, somebody. Superman, Superman is, he was just, he was strong. He had supernatural powers. And can I tell you something? We as Christians, Jesus even said to us that we were going to do greater things than he would ever do. That we have supernatural powers. But here is the thing. Even Superman had kryptonite. (laughs) You see, and James looks at you and he says, hey, you want to be doers of the word, right? But you got to realize something, that there's something trying to weave its way in. It's crouching at the door and follow me, follow me. Come on, bring it right here. Bring it right here. It's crouching at the door and it's don't answer. Come on. There's crouching at the door, and it's, it's sin. And when he looks at it, James goes, man, get rid of all of that. Because anything that's taken away the place of God, ooh, this is hard because a lot of people don't want to talk about sin anymore. A lot of pastors want to say, just love your neighbor. Then we're going to love our neighbor, and we're going to not let anything take affection from God. He's not going to let it take away because let's be real. God wants us to move in activity, but we can't do move in activity when we have a virus. When we have a virus, God is saying, man, I have so many great things in store for you. I have great plans. I have great plans to prosper you and to give you hope. But here we are, and I'm telling you, he wants you to realize today that, man, it's time that you move with him. Because when you move with him, there is this relationship that happens. You see, Christianity is not about rules, standards, beliefs, to try to be better people. That's not the case. Christianity is about a relationship with our Father who created us. Who created us. And so what I want us to do, and I really want us to realize today, that we need to make sure nothing gets in the way of our affection. Because our affection moves us into action. You see, when I first started dating my wife, (laughs) I love that girl. I would do whatever it takes. I mean, I was up late. Oh, honey, you know the call. Oh, baby, I love you. You hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. It was a lot of that going on. It, It was sappy. It was ugly. But I loved it every moment. But this is either because there was affection there. And if she called me, and even to this day, if my wife calls me and says, I need you, how many guys know I'm running for it? I'm running for it. I'm doing whatever it takes to make my affections affirmed in her today. You see, that's the same way we need to be with God. That's the same way we need to move with God. You see, it was even crazy because I remember when God asked me, it's time to start a church. It was crazy. I don't even know why. I was like, God, this isn't you. This, this has to be me. And we said, all right, let's just try it out. Let's, we're going to go for a trial run, right? 
things begin to take off. It was actually in this place right here that we're standing in today that we started our church three years ago. And it was crazy. And, I, and, it, and it basically, God was like, man, you need to walk in faith. Because let me tell you, you can write this down. Activity is, gives you the best stories. When you move, you have some cool stories. So I remember I was like, man, it's time to move. And as soon as I started moving, can I tell you, that's when the enemy came in. And I'm not talking about an enemy like this, Satan enemy. I'm talking about friends. Because let me tell you, some of your friends are going to try to stop you from following Jesus. I had a lot of people come up to me and they look me in the eye and they say, are you sure this is what you need to do? I don't believe this is from God. I don't believe this is it's supposed to happen. I don't believe. And I said, man, I'm, I'm sorry, but I love you. And I had other people, man, that were like celebrating me. And I'm like, okay, which one should I follow? Because let me tell you, the, what you follow becomes your forecast. What you follow becomes your forecast. And so everyone was forecasting over my life. Oh, it's not going to work. Doom and gloom. I don't know about you, but I think some of us nowadays, uh, when forecast comes into our mind, our mind makes it the verdict of our life. You wake up and you're like, man, it's going to snow today. How many guys know, if you live in Colorado, if you're living in Colorado right now, how many guys know meteorologists are of the devil? I'm totally joking. If you're a meteorologist, thanks for being on. I remember my wife said to me, I wanted to be a meteorologist one day, and she loves the weather. And uh, I told her, I said, I wish you were, because when you were wrong, I could yell at somebody. (laughs) Because we live in Colorado, and it's bipolar here. They're like, man, it's going to either be three inches or it's going to be 14. We don't know. And so I'm like, what, what is it going to be? I don't understand. What, three or 14? And we, we walk out, and it's sunny. And you're like, what? And I think a lot of the times, a lot of our lives, we walk in the forecast of our life. And we're putting forecast over our life. Man, God, God's not going to use you. You're not good enough. You're not great enough. You don't have it together. You're, and, and you're letting that become the verdict of your life. Can I just tell you something today? Your forecast does not determine your future. Because listen, if it's anything apart from the word of God, it says the implanted word of God, it says it's this, it's all filthiness and it's all rags. Man, if God tells you that he's for you, he says he's for you. If he tells you that he's never going to leave you or forsake you, he's going to never leave you or forsake you. I'm not going to worry about the forecast of my life. And so this is where I fell. And a lot of people are telling me, forecasting fear, forecasting fear. And they would say stuff like this. Aren't you afraid of your, for your family? Are you just going to take your family and make them starve? Well, obviously you can tell it, that didn't happen. But I, I would always look at them and I would be like, well, if it happens, it happens. I, I mean, let's be real. I live in America, okay? And America has all of these, these shelters. If I need to go take my family, we can go there. And they'd be like, you want to do that for the rest of your life? And I'm like, listen, let's just be real. If I, if I, like, can I just say I don't eat, we die from it? Well, at least I go to heaven. But I'm going to be a person of obedience. I'm going to walk in obedience. I'm talking to Christians today. Hear me today and hear me big when I say this. This is big. I think a lot of us, we don't have the obedience that's matching our information. 
We're in a day and age where we have information everywhere. And we have information at our fingertips. And what I'm noticing is this, that most of us are educated far beyond the level of our obedience. And can I tell you, what I feel like we need to do is match our level of revelation into the level of application. That when God talks to us, that we move. You see, I believe a lot of Christians nowadays and a lot of unbelievers are frustrated with the Christian faith because we have a lot of revelation without application. And revelation, knowing the word of God, without application is going to lead us into frustration, into stagnation, into irritation, and all the other realms of irritations out there. Come on, somebody. And I'm telling you today, I want us as a church, as Echo City Church, hear me today. Not to just be people who listen, because let's be real. I think the enemy gets excited when we walk into the room. We walk into all the churches. We sit in rows. We worship. The, the pastor gets up and says, man, let's go change the world. And we walk out and do nothing. Yeah. I think the, the enemy, the devil, is excited about that type of faith. But at Echo City Church, we ain't going to be that type of faith. We're going to be people that listen to the word and actually apply it in our lives today. Amen? Because James says it this way. He goes, man, you can have no risk in your life. You can stay in your comfort zone. You can stay in your seat. But he says this. I want, you to, I want to show you in James chapter 1. We're going to go in verse 23 through 25. And it says this, for any of, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who in, intentionally is looking at his face in a mirror. And, and, and he looks at himself, goes away, and then forgets what he looks like. Come on, some of us, we want that, right? <laughs> we forget what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, into the perfect law, the law of liberty, the law of freedom, that, come on, Christianity is not a set of rules. It's a set of freedoms for us to follow. If you can get through that and you can persevere, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, uh, this is where, where I want you to listen. Christians, hear me. If we want to be the best testimony, if we want to give God the full honor and glory, it says this, if you're a doer, that is where blessings come from. Amen. You didn't give it good enough back here. That is where blessings come from. So we not only need to hear about God and get revelations, we need to put it into action. You see, I'm going to start closing out here. You see, Jesus walked on this earth, and I remember there's a story in Luke 18. And he, and he ran into a young man. You see, I think a lot of the times pastors like to get up here and they like to create sadness and create emotion. And, and emotion is good. Don't get me wrong. I believe in emotion. I believe emotion moves us, but I don't think it should be our follower, that we should follow emotion. Emotion shouldn't be our leader. And here, I, I feel like this guy was walking and he's walking along and he sees Jesus. And, and in the Bible, they call it the rich young ruler. And you can find this in Luke 18. And the rich young ruler was sitting there and he was like, man, God, I want to follow you. What's it going to take to follow you? Jesus looked at him and said, so what does the Bible say about that? 
And the rich young, he goes, that, that we could just give away our poor, that, to help the poor, to love our neighbor. I, and he knew all of the Bible. He knew all of the law. And then Jesus says, all right, then if you know everything, now it's time to follow me. Go give all of your riches away. Do you know what's funny? The rich young ruler looked at him and, he, and he, he looked at Jesus and he realized, I can't do that. I can't follow him like that. I can't really go deep into, and it said this, he walked away in sadness. Hear, hear me today. When you follow Jesus, Jesus isn't here to condemn you. Jesus isn't here to make you sad. Actually, it says Jesus is here to give you life and life more abundantly. That's what it said. And so here he is. He's walking. And he walks away from Jesus because he could not follow him. And Jesus looked at the crowd and he says, you see that needle? That, that needle? You see the eye of the needle? A camel can't fit through that, right? Neither can a rich man enter the kingdom of heaven. That's savage a little bit. But then a lot of people in there, and they condemn you, and they make you feel bad. That's not how Jesus is. You see, then Jesus walks along. And a couple of sentences later, in Luke 19, he meets a little dude named Zacchaeus. I love Zacchaeus because he's short. Now I know the camera makes me look tall, but I'm not. And he meets this guy named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus climbs in a tree because he just wanted to see this man named Jesus. He had a little bit of movement. And can I tell you, some of you need to put a little movement into your body. Some of you need to put a little movement into your life to get and get yourself closer to God. Get yourself on this feed. Share this feed. Get people to hear this. Why? Because some of us need to put a little movement into our body. And he said he climbed a tree, and Jesus saw him. He says, Zacchaeus, come down. We're going to your house. See, a lot of people don't know this, but Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. And, not just, and he took from the Jewish people of his day. Now, he didn't take from the Jewish people to give to the Jewish people. He took from the Jewish people to give to the Roman people. And with the Romans, you know what he did? He said, I'm going to take away from grandmas. I'm going to take away from, from... I mean, he did everything in his life to be the worst person imaginable. But yet... He's holding it. He meets Jesus. Jesus goes into the home. We don't know what happens. But as soon as Zacchaeus stands to his feet, and in front of everyone, in front of all of his bad friends, in front of everyone, he looks and he says this one statement. He says, whatever I've taken from anyone, I'm going to give it away. One rich man hoarded everything, and he was a Christian. The unbeliever found Jesus, and gave it all away. Now this is where I want to come to you today. I want you to hear me as we go forward. Friends, some of the biggest risk in your life, some of the biggest things in your life is going to lead you to salvation. And Joseph, I don't know if you could play a little bit for me. I want to appeal to your heart today. I want to reach your heart today. Christians, if you're in this room 
and you're living a life where, man, I'm kind of just doing my own thing and having convenient Christianity for my sake. If that's you today, I, I, I want to appeal to you in a big way. What's, what's that worth? If you're a Christian, why don't we go for it? Why don't we love our neighbor right now? Man, if you have like 18 rolls of toilet paper, give them away. Man, if there's, if, there's a, if there's a person, if there's an elderly couple around you, go to the grocery store for them. Why? Because the coronavirus is affecting the 70-plus crowd. Why sit on your couch and be comfortable in this isolation? Why don't we be the light, the true light to this world? Let's apply the word. Let's not just get information. Let's go. Let's go change the world. Let's go change the community. Why? Because I believe, man, God wants to do something through you. And if you're a non-believer in the room today and you're like, man, I've been afraid for a long time. Why don't we take the biggest risk today? You're in your home. No one's there. It's you and me and God. And right below you, there's a little thing that says, I want to give my life to Christ. And I have, I, have, I have a moderator right there, and they're just going to answer your prayers, and they're going to just give you high fives. But right now, I want everyone that's listening that says, man, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to take the biggest risk because the greatest life and the, be- the best reward is on the other side of the greatest, biggest risk in your life. And you're saying, man, I want to just do it right now. Tap, 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 tap. Come on. Tap it out. Because why? I believe, man. I believe God has something big for you today. You see, that, that hand that you said, I want to give my life to Christ, we're going to reach out to you this week through email. And we're going to tell you we're praying for you. We're not going to call you. We're not going to write you. But we're going to pray for you. But right now, if you've ri- rose your hand and you said, I want salvation, I want you to close your eyes where you're at right now. I want you just to close your eyes wherever you're at. And I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Lord, come into my life. Change me from the inside out. I repent of my sins and I turn my life to you, Lord. Thank you that this stony heart has become flesh again. The pain that's in me has been released. And in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on. Give it up, guys. Hands were risen. Lives were changed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for lifting up your hands today. Why is that? Because I believe there's life and life more abundantly in front of you. I believe there's purpose. And I believe there's belonging in front of you. So listen, this isn't the end. It's not just a hand raised. It's time for us to turn. It's time for an about face. And that's what it's all about. Listen, we're excited for you today. We're excited for what you did. And listen, I'm going to pray. And then we're going to sing one more song. And then we'll go on our merry way. But let's, let's pray. Pray with me today. Lord, I thank you. I pray that your face would shine on them. Let their hearts see you in a big way. 
peace come over their home if they're afraid right now. We get it. We understand it. And I pray, God, that you would just bring a hope into their lives that no fear and no pain, God, would happen. And I ask you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus that you would be with us. And as we move forward, Lord, I pray, God, that you would sustain our life. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Come on. Worship with us one more time. Thanks for joining us today. And if today's message may have impacted you or helped you in any way, give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. And let us know what you think. We hope that you have a good rest of your week.